You can turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. A very, very familiar passage of Scripture. I don't know that you can think of Romans chapter 8 without thinking of Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. And what a verse. And um, I probably most of us can probably have memorized, can quote that verse. You've heard that verse. and um, It's brought a lot of comfort to my life through the years and to the comfort of many. Romans eight twenty eight. I remember at one point that I um, it was um, last year in 2020, uh, probably around January, I believe it was, that I, I, I gave a two-part lesson. It took two Sundays, and we taught on Romans 8.28. And uh, it, it's a great passage of Scripture. We're not going to speak on it today. We're going to look at a couple other verses that are may be overlooked because Romans 8, 28 is so powerful. And uh, verse 29, we got into verse 29 when I spoke on Romans 8, 28. And, but <clears throat> two or three weeks ago, I, someone mentioned um, verse 26, and it caused me to, to go to verse 26 and I found myself pondering on it now for, I don't know, a couple, three weeks. And uh, so I began to study a little bit, Romans eight twenty six. <clears throat> I never have studied this verse, obviously have read it. And um, I, I don't know that I've ever heard it taught from or preached from. I'm not sure. But I have found myself studying some and thinking on verse 26 and I want to get down into the latter part of the verse, but I'm not going to get there today. I'm probably going to be brief. I know I'm going to be brief, but I feel like we must visit the first half of this verse before I can get to the latter part of it. And uh, let's read Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And when this verse was mentioned some days ago, a couple, three weeks ago, it was in reference to the groanings and the Spirit making intercession for us and I've read this verse a multitude of times, but I've never really dwelt on it. I've never pondered on it. And I've always, the, the older I get, the more I find myself pondering on the things of God. And I've always, in this Sunday school class, challenged you to think on the things of God. When was the last time you, just for all day long, off and on, or when you woke up the next morning, you had something on your mind in regards to God. And I've always tried to live for Christ as a young man, a middle-aged adult. 
But in the last few years, I have found myself pondering more on the things of God. And so I have pondered these things. But when I went to the Bible, Pastor, when I went to the verse to, okay, let's begin to study. I found myself hung up on the first part of the verse. And I want to come back in my next lesson. I have already started a good number of notes and thoughts on this latter part, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I want to teach on that so bad, but I'm still studying it, but I just got hung up in the first part. And I I did a couple of word searches, and I want to go over them today. And again, I am not going to be long, um, but I really feel like we need to get this first part before I can get to the last part, because Miss Jean, I found myself spending too much time studying this first phrase. I can't even get into that last one like I want to. And let's look at this. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. So if we had to title today's lesson, I don't even have a title on this lesson in my notes here, but we would have to title it, Helping Our Infirmities. You know... You go to the Waffle House and they're short of help. They need help. I mean, it's just incredible. We went down to Tifton one night this week and we were going to ride into town and get a bite to eat before we headed back. So we said, man, well, the Waffle Houses are, you know, typically have a slim crowd this time of night. It was later. And we said, man, we can slide in there and not be around a big crowd of people and grab something to eat and get out of here. We pulled up and there was two people. They were locking the front door. Roll the window down, or we, ah, oh, we're closed. We don't have enough help to work tonight. There's just two of us. Oh my goodness. So we go to the next little place and go there, and they were closing early because they didn't have enough employees to run the night shift. And I could sit here and you could tell, I could give y'all the stage and y'all could take over, telling them the places that cannot open. There are businesses in town that have been open six and seven days a week since I was a child, but yet now they're running five days a week because They don't have enough employees to run the shifts for six or seven days. So many people need help. You took go to my my place of business, and Lord, I've been needing help for the longest time, and and so I've been posting in this, and I've been making phone calls, and I I determined two weeks ago, Pastor, I'm going to go find some help. I'm going to I'm going to turn over every rock. I'm going to call every entity I can call. I'm going everywhere I can to get help. I went as far as to say, Eric, the next five people that walk through that front door wanting a job are going to get one. I don't care of their abilities. I don't care what their problems are. I don't care if they've ever had any experience. The next five people that walk through that front door will get a job. I'm serious. And I hired four this week. Not because they were great, but because they were the first four of the five. I'm going to hire some help. I may lose them all next week, but by golly, Kurt, I hired four. I'm telling you, we need help. This country needs help. Our businesses need help. My wife went to the grocery store yesterday, and there was three bags of sugar in the whole store. And how do you think you could ever walk in Walmart and there not be groceries on the shelves because somebody that bags sugar needs help and doesn't have it. It's a shame. So as bad as our country needs help and our businesses need help and employers need help and employees need help getting their job done and the list goes on and on. Today, we need help far more in another area. We need help spiritually. We need help 
not only spiritually, but we need help physically. We need help mentally. We need help in a whole bunch of ways that's far more serious than whether Walmart has sugar or not. And I want to look at this today. God's Word said in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So I begin to look at this phrase, if you will, this blessed scripture of helpeth our infirmity. First thing I want to note that this help cometh from the Spirit. I think I said last Sunday or a Sunday or two ago that people are going all the time to the pastor to get help. And we should seek counsel from our pastor. People are going to psychiatrists or psychologists to get help. People are going to um, college professors to get help. They're going to all sorts of different places to get aid from people and entities and groups and organizations but the help that I want to speak of today cometh from the Spirit. And that's a special help right there. And that is a magnitude of help that cannot be acquired from anyone or anything else. So I want to speak today on this help that cometh from the Spirit. And my first thing that I really want to note here is this word Helpeth. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. I want to say before I get started, good, that this help comes before a prayer was ever prayed. The prayer gets later in the, the next phrase. It's talking about should pray. But this help comes before prayer is ever mentioned, Brother John. There have been times in my life when I needed God's help and God gave me help and I never prayed for it. I didn't have time. Think about that. Been a many a time in your life when Jim was sliding off the roof and there wasn't time to pray. But God helped him before he hit the ground. You get what I'm saying. Simple illustration. He, I watched him fall off the roof 114 or either 115 times. I think it was. It was a lot. Sliding off the roof, falling out of the sky. Knife blade coming down, fixing to hit. God spares. God saves. I'm glad that God can help me even when I haven't prayed for it. Because that spirit is helping our infirmities. Before we ever pray, think about that. The prayer is going to come in the next lesson. We're going to talk about prayer. Today, we're getting help from the spirit. And we hadn't even prayed for it. And don't even deserve it. But yet God and that spirit is giving it. I'm glad he blesses in spite of us than because of us. Because if he only blessed me because of me, then I would be a lost cause. But he blesses in spite of me, in spite of my wrongdoings, in spite of my sinful nature, in spite of my hard-headedness, in spite of all the faults that I have. And y'all do not have to mention not a one of them. I'm, I'm well aware of them. But yet he blesses us. Here we go, helpeth. So I looked up this word, Helpeth. And it is a Greek word about that long. I mean, I couldn't even begin to pronounce it. So we're not going to. You'll just have to trust me. It's spelt something like this. A-U-T-I-U-B-A-R-E-R-A-L. Help yourself. I'll be glad to show it to you. But that is the Greek word. So whatever that big old rascal is. And I looked at that word in the Greek. And this is what it means when it was written in the Greek was 
rendering help or greatly assist. Rendering help or greatly assist. Rendering help, one man that I read behind said this, that rendering help, as it was explained in the Greek language, is the action of one who assists another by bearing a burden. (laughs) I want to read that again. It is the action of one who assists another one by bearing a burden. You want me to put that in layman's terms, you construction workers? I'm going to tell you what that is in layman terms. It is taking hold of the opposite end of something and lifting it up to render aid. How many times have you went to grab a 16-foot, 2 by 10 you know, and pressure-treated that's wet, and boy, that thing's heavy, and, and you can do it, but then all of a sudden somebody comes in and grabs the other end of it, and then all of a sudden you're only carrying half the weight. It got a whole lot easier, didn't it, Brother John? That's rendering aid. That is exactly what helpeth meant in the Greek language. Taking hold of the opposite side, bearing it with him. I want to say this morning that God, the Spirit that we see here in Romans 8.26, likewise the Spirit also helpeth. God literally is lending us a helping hand under all of our infirmities. I'm, I would imagine, Jim, there's been a many a time you're out there working and and throughout your life, or working all these many years in the construction business, probably been a many a time you thought, man, if I just had somebody else to hold the other end of this, I, I could get this finished today. Eric, you're out there on the farm, and I'm sure there's been a many a time there's been a situation with a trailer or a piece of equipment or a big bale of hay, and you think, man, I can I just need somebody else to hold the other end or, or help me pick this up or in my world, maybe that guy's on one side and he's got an impact wrench and he's trying to tighten something, but he just needs somebody on the other side to hold that nut or that bolt while the other side is being tightened. You get what I'm saying? But God in his omniscientness, his omnipotent ways is always there and he is helping even when we have not asked What a Savior. God is literally lending us a helping hand. And the bad part is so often, we don't even realize it. Because if we did not have this this aid greatly assisting or rendering help, we wouldn't be where we are today. Quite frankly, we'd be in a sinner's hell but yet for his helping hand. I'm so glad this morning. And I thought we really need to talk about these two things before we get to the groanings of the Spirit. That that gets everybody's attention. Whoa, groaning and intercession. And boy, all oh, that gets real powerful, Pastor, and real special. And, and, and just like me, I wanted to jump in that Jody and just dig all in it. But when 
when I pulled my Bible down and I began to read helping our infirmities. I couldn't get past it. We need to understand this, Kurt, before we get to the groanings and the intercession and the prayer. God is helping. He is rendering help, that Greek word, greatly assisting before we ever prayed for it. So we've looked at the helpeth our infirmities. Now we're going to look at this word infirmities. We got the help, and now we want to look at the infirmities. The Greek definition for this word, I cannot pronounce this word either. Me and the pastor are on the same page with these Greek words. It's another big old long word with 11 letters in it that make no sense whatsoever. But this Greek word that was written that God gave for infirmities, the Greek definition is this. It is weakness or diseases. Weakness or diseases. How many of you this morning are aware of your weaknesses? In order for a man to be as strong as he can be, he must first know what his weaknesses are. Because if a man takes off trying to do something that he is weak in, and he gives his all to it, and he fails, he can lose his own life. But a man that is strong and is aware of his weaknesses, he will know what he does not need to do, which will enable him to be strong at what he can do. So we must know what our weaknesses are. But I love this Greek word, whatever in the world it is, about that long. Not only is it defining weaknesses, but diseases. Did you know that most diseases that people have, they could not control? They couldn't help? My mama always told me, don't you make fun of somebody that can't help what you're making fun of them about. Now, if they're just being stupid or silly, now you can make fun of them. But don't make fun of that boy because his eyes are crossed because he can't help it. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Don't make fun of folks for what they can't help. And this word right here, this Greek word that we're looking at in the English language as infirmities, its original definition was not only weaknesses, but diseases. That's the things you can't help. Infirmities, weakness or disease. But it doesn't stop there. Hannah, it says weakness or diseases of either the body Watch this, or the mind. And this helped me. Because, you know, I know I'm only five foot ten and weigh a whole lot more than I used to. But, and I'm not a big old guy, but I've always thought I was strong enough to do just about whatever I needed or wanted to do. Jody's, me and Jody, we kind of in that same rope. We, we might be little, by golly, we're strong. Ain't nobody going to outdo us. Jim Smith, I worked with him for many, many years. He carried one bundle of shingles. I carried one bundle of shingles up the ladder. Jim started carrying two bundles of shingles. I started carrying two bundles of shingles up the ladder. Jim carried one four-by-eight sheet of decking up the ladder. I carried one four-by-eight sheet. When he started carrying two, I started carrying two. When he started carrying three, I started carrying three. I weighed 120 more pounds than I did. I was strong for my size. I've always, I've always thought I was, I thought that was good, Brother John. I, I boasted of this. 
But I'm going to tell you something. The older I've gotten, that strongness going away, I'm beginning to realize my weakness. But not only in this body, but in this mind. I'm realizing how weak I am in my mind. I've always had to make a lot of important decisions in my life, just like you have. Marriage, children, my decision in Christ, business, handling lots of money, managing lots of money, making them decisions, them hard decisions, them decisions that affect the lives of others, the lives and the livelihood of my employees. I'm just saying, I've had to make a lot of hard decisions in my life, and I know you have too, but now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing where once I thought I was strong, I realize now I was not near as strong as I thought I was. I'm weak in my mind. You're going to get to that place one day too. If you're not there, you will. You'll mature enough and you'll get there. And so this blessed me when I looked at this infirmities. It is a weakness or disease of either the body or the mind. I find myself, I wake up at night. And it's not necessarily that my back is hurting so bad I can't go back to sleep or my neck is hurting, although they do, or a shoulder, and now my knee hurts all the time. And, and that's not what's keeping me awake. But Miss Jean, I find myself staying awake at night because of this. My mind. I can't let it rest. But God said, I will help you. Not only with the weaknesses of your body, but also in your mind. And some nights I find myself laying there and I'll pray to God, God, will you clear my mind? Will you help me with my mind? I'm sure many of you have done the same thing. And I want to look at some scriptures on the mind. I think it's it'd be advantageous for it because God's given us something here on these infirmities. It's a weakness or diseases of either our body or our mind. And we, and we all know about the body. We all talk about the body all the time. How's your back doing? Well, how are you doing? Oh, my knee's killing me today. We talk about the body. That's relevant. I can look at Kurt and I'll know when he's hurting. He's got a limp or he can't pick something up or somebody's hunched over or, or their arms. Those things are obvious, but I want to talk about the not so obvious this morning. That's the mind. Look with me, please. Very familiar passage of scripture at Philippians chapter 4. I quote this verse, this verse of scripture in the night, oftentimes. Philippians chapter 4 and in verse 7. I quoted this verse to a man sitting in my office the other day. I turned to it because I want you to see it in case you've never seen it before. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, And the peace of God... which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You struggle with your mind? You struggle thinking about things? You struggle worrying about things? Not knowing what the future holds? Where am I going to be tomorrow? What's going to happen? If you're not careful, it becomes overwhelming. 
Who am I going to marry? Who am I going to date? Where am I going to be working? What am I going to do for a living? You know, are the, am I going to have enough money for the bills to be paid? Is my heart going to hold up long enough to raise my children? Is, is this going to be all right? And if you're not careful, you become overwhelmed. But the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. There's something to this mind. Turn your Bibles, please, to, to Hebrews chapter 12. And in verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. That's the, the physical. That's the body. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Yeah, the body is evident, but we don't always know what's going through somebody's mind. I read things all the time. Be careful how you treat somebody. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know what they're going through. Where the body is evident, the mind is not. God had something to say here about these infirmities of the mind. Weaknesses and diseases of the of the mind. Turn with me, please, to Second Corinthians chapter eleven. You know I'm going to like this verse because it deals. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter three. Everybody knows Genesis chapter three is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Subtlety, excuse me, that's hard for me to say. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. It was very simple what God told Eve in the garden. He said, you can have anything in this garden you want, just don't eat of the fruit of, the, the fruit of that tree. The most simple thing ever. Could you imagine having a whole farm, a whole garden, a whole ranch, a whole plantation, if you will, that was the most precious thing that God ever built, and it was all yours except one thing, and it would have been so simple for them to enjoy everything in there, Brother John, except one thing. It was simple. But you know what happened? Satan came to her in the form of a certain, and he messed with her what? Her mind. Don't make me go over there and start reading it because I'll stay there for six weeks. But he messed with her mind. He said, don't you know that God was just messing with you? He went as far to say, God told you a lie. He said, if you'll eat of this, you'll be like him. He messed with her mind. He didn't come in there and threaten her with anything. He didn't come in there and twist her arm. He, he didn't roll the fruit around in front of her eyes and tempt her with it. He didn't do them things. He went in there and he attacked her mind, Brother John, the knowledge. It's pretty good. Turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. I could sit here and, and do this for a long time because I think, I think it was 30-something times God mentions mind in the New Testament. Something like that. I counted it a couple weeks ago. I forgot what it was. I didn't write it down. I've turned it to my father. If I don't write it down, I don't remember. Mark chapter 12 and in, in verse 30, I believe. 
And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The mind. Turn over to chapter 14. Right there in Mark, chapter 14 and in verse 72. I chose these out of the 30-something for a reason. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said unto him. There's something to the mind. I've read these verses hoping to prove to you that what I told you before I started this, that I find my mind being weaker. Not in the way of I'm not as smart as I once was. Not in the way of I can't remember like I once did. No, that's not what I'm referring to as weakness in the mind. What I'm referring to is that the stronger we are on the outside, Satan identifies that, Jody. And then he attacks that other thing. That other thing that we cannot control. We can control this. Kurt, I want you to understand. We can control it. You can make this bigger. You can work it out. You can control, you know, you can take medicine to help your bones to, where they don't break. You can you can be cautious to where you don't break bones. You can, you know, use safety harnesses to prevent falls from breaking backs. You, y'all get what I'm saying? To a degree, we can control this outer, this physical to a degree. But the one thing about your body that you personally cannot control I've, I've been saying this for years. I, I, I was, when I was in the hospital, at, at the hospital with my father one time, this, this doctor came in and for some weird reason wasn't in a hurry and sat down and we began to talk about physical infirmities. And the subject of, um, dementia, Alzheimer's came up and, and this doctor is telling me all these things, you know, about the mind and, and, and studies that they're going through and new medications that they're hoping is going to help. And I pray they, they get these things, but there's something here. And I, I told the doctor, I said, well, let me tell you something that I have thought about in my ponderings. And I told the doctor what I'm about to tell you. And the doctor sat there and looked at me for, with a blank stare on his face for a, a number of seconds. And this was his response. I've never thought of that. And this is what I said to him. I hope maybe this is just helping one person in here today. I really feel like God gave me this for something or somebody. This is what I said. There's no data here. It's just me thinking. Bear with me. And it goes right along with this this weakness of our body. We, we can help control that. We can't control our minds. You know, medicine and science has 
Man, we've got people where we can keep their heart ticking. We can cut them open and replace valves and put devices in there to pump for it. And, you know, and man, we can, we can go through, you know, all these, uh, kidney uh, dialysis for kidneys and we can help cure that situation and what the kidneys can't do, the machine can do. And, and man, we've replaced bones and knees and, backs and things at our neck and good lord hips and I mean we've just gotten to where we can fix just about every phase every component of the human body it's amazing where man wants their average lifespan of a of a grown white man was 62 years went to 65 to 68 to 70 to 75 now expect the lifespan of a white male is 82 years old. Why? Because medicine has gotten so much better. I told that doctor, I said, I think one of the problems with all of this, because we were talking about where did dementia come from? Where did Alzheimer's come from? I said, have you ever thought because man has gotten so smart and we're keeping men alive longer, have you ever thought that maybe their bodies are outliving their minds? He just looked at me. Because the mind is the one thing that we cannot control. I need my Lord to help me with my mind. I can jog and get stronger. I can do different things to make my body better. But I can't do anything for this. I sure am glad that God, the Spirit, as His Word tells me, is helping with our infirmities of our mind. The things we cannot control. There's weakness in my mind. If you don't realize that today, you're going to realize this one day. You're going to. If you don't realize it today, you may think I'm crazy, but it's coming. Our minds are weak. Weakness or diseases of either the body or the mind. God has a lot to say about the mind. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. So I'll tie these two things together. Helping which is rendering help or greatly assisting. Y'all understand now that the Spirit is literally helping. He has a hand up underneath our burdens. He is helping our infirmities. That infirmity is that weakness or disease either of your body or your mind. Thus time together. God does three things and I'll be done. He gives us strength to bear these. Greatly assisting. He gives us the strength to bear these. I remember I used to lift weights for a while. And, and man, I could put, you know, 180, 200 pounds on there. And I, I, I could get it up. I start shaking. And my spotter could reach down there with two fingers. And that was just enough help to help me get it up. It wasn't that they had to get on there and do this. Because if I was trying to lift 200, I probably had 198 of it. That two pounds was just tearing me up. God will give you the strength you need. He told us in our word right here. The Spirit helping our infirmities. 
He'll give you the strength to bear them. Number two, he gives us effort to sustain to sustain them. He gives us strength to bear these, and now he's giving us effort to sustain them. He'll give you what you need to carry it for a long ways. To carry on, Kurt. How old are you? 25, 6, 8, whatever, somewhere in there. You got to make it on to your 60. Me and Big Jim and your daddy Jody's going to die. We're not going to be able to carry this torch. You need something from him to sustain you to your hour age because we're going to be off the scene. He'll give you the strength to bear them. He'll give us the effort to sustain them. And thirdly, he will give us consolation to endure them. Consolation is comfort. Aren't you glad that God, right here upon the authority of God's word, that he will give us consolation, that is comfort to endure them? Aren't you glad that he's got the medicine to make you feel better? Not physically, but in our minds. I begged God Thursday night, I think it was, I woke up in the night and woo, I stayed up for a long time. Man, I prayed and talked to God. You know what he was doing, Hannah? He was giving me medicine for my mind. He was giving it to me for two hours. Tanya woke up. What are you doing? Are you okay? She gets she gets mean at night. Y'all just don't know. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. That's all I said. Yeah, I'm fine. Brother John, God just pouring that medicine on He'd give me what I needed. One would think, Lord, you get up next morning, you're going to be miserable. You're going to have to work 12-hour shift. You're going to be tired. I rolling all day. I got what I needed. God was strengthening my mind. Sure, I'm glad that he gives us some comfort along the way. That comfort to help that mind calm me down. He's got this. He's in control. I read this scripture again. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Rendering help, greatly assisting. And that is assisting our weaknesses or diseases of either body or mind. Where are you weak today? Are you weak in your body? You find yourself being more weak in your mind. I don't know. Maybe it's your body, maybe it's your mind. It's probably a cycle if you talk to the elderly. We realize that when our mind's going weak, then we probably, God gets us over that, and then our bodies become weak. I'm sure it's a phase. First third of your life, you don't have that weakness. You're just running on your own energy. And then that second phase, you probably realize the weakness of your mind. And third phase, you probably realize the true weakness of your body. Sure, I'm glad that God's there to help with these infirmities. Amen. We'll come back in our next lesson. I'm not sure they're going to be here next Sunday, but we'll come back in the next lesson and we're going to go get down in the latter part of that verse. Boy, it's going to be good. Not the lesson, but just the word. That groanings, that making intercession. Woo! Glad I got somebody making intercession for me. I don't even know how to pray. There's some good stuff on some Greek words in there too, and I'll I'll give you them and we'll, maybe that'll bless you. What is your weakness today? Is it your body or mind? I won't tell you. God's going to help you with it. But you got to give it to Him. You can't try to do it on your own. you got to give it to Him. He will help you. It's in His Word.
And it's not going to come from a bottle. It's not going to come from a pill. It's not going to come from anything anybody else says. It's going to come from where the Bible said it's going to come from. It's going to come from the Spirit. When it comes from the Spirit, that's not something I can give you. It's not nothing that anybody else can give you. you got to listen. You may have to stay awake for a couple hours for a few nights. You let that Spirit give you what you need to cleanse your mind and your body.